You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their sassy journey, visit netskope.com. Leadership changes at the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. A look at credential stuffing. Crypto jacking disrupts production at an optical equipment manufacturer. The British government moves toward establishing a duty of care that would impose new legal responsibilities on search engines, social media, and others. Tax season scams grow more plausible, and some of them are aimed at rounding up money mules. From the CyberWire studios at Data Tribe, I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Monday, April 8, 2019. U.S. Secretary of Homeland Security Kirsten Nielsen resigned yesterday. It's unclear who her successor will be. Her resignation letter said she had, quote, determined it was the right time to step aside and then cited her hope that her successor will have the support of Congress and the courts in fixing the laws which have impeded our ability to fully secure America's borders and which have contributed to discord in our nation's discourse, end quote. The former secretary had been regarded as one of the administration's most senior officials with significant cybersecurity experience, and the Department of Homeland Security has, of course, become the government's lead civilian agency involved in the protection of cyberspace. It's thought likely there will be other changes in the Department of Homeland Security. Reports this afternoon indicated that the director of the Secret Service will also be departing. Security firm Akamai has released a study of credential stuffing attacks. This easily scaled commodity form of attack especially affects media outlets, gaming companies, and the entertainment sector. Looking back at 2018, Akamai says it observed hundreds of millions of credential stuffing attacks every day. The barriers to entry are low, and there are even YouTube videos, Akamai notes, that offer how-to instructions for criminals wishing to enter the field. As an attack on optical equipment manufacturer Hoya shows, cryptojacking can disrupt production. The incident began at the beginning of March when employee network credentials were compromised. The goal of the compromise was to enable the attackers to install coin mining software in Hoya systems. They did so, noticeably slowing performance of some of the company's servers. The slowdown is said to have affected the ability to take orders and manage production at Hoya plants in Thailand. British ministers are introducing strict controls over online content. The Telegraph calls it a victory for the duty of care the paper has been calling for. The government says the proposed law's goal is the protection of children and other vulnerable people. The white paper the two responsible ministers issued explicitly cites the recent attack on a New Zealand mosque as an example of the kind of online virulence the regulations would help curb. The white paper would have Her Majesty's government establish a statutory duty of care 
that would require companies to take more responsibility for the safety of their users and tackle harm caused by content or activity on their services. A regulator would be empowered to develop codes of practice that would inform compliance with the duty of care. And who would be legally responsible for this? The proposed statute would apply to companies that allow users to share or discover user-generated content or interact with each other online. That covers, as the authors acknowledge, a lot of ground. File hosting sites, public discussion fora, messaging services, social media platforms, and, of course, search engines. The white paper announces the government's commitment to an Internet that's free, open, and secure, and to freedom of expression online. It aspires to an Internet where companies keep their users safe and uncontaminated by criminal, terrorist, and hostile foreign state activity. And it wants rules and norms for the Internet that discourage harmful behavior. Achieving those together, as several commenters have observed, may be challenging. Consider the case of Facebook. It's been found that the social network not only hosted a thriving, active collection of criminal groups trading in a vigorous hood-to-hood market, but as Gizmodo points out, the social network's algorithms even made it easy for the crooks to find one another. Facebook notes correctly that the groups were, for years, in violation of its terms of service and has dismantled them. Now, it seems as much of a sure thing, and such things can be sure, that Facebook is not now and never has been interested in cultivating a criminal customer base. But a criminal customer base assembled itself on Facebook's platform. The moral seems to be that policing content to maintain an online environment that's both free and uncontaminated by various nastiness is by no means a trivial problem. It's tax season, have you noticed? We have. And we notice that, as usual, our finance desk has put off filing their 1040s until the weekend. And you and I, friends, aren't the only ones who've noticed that April 15th is approaching. The criminals have also taken cognizance of the deadline. Researchers at IBM's X-Force find that online criminals are redoubling their efforts as tax season enters its home stretch. The attackers are showing a propensity to impersonate major payroll and accounting firms, including Paychex and ADP. Emails that appear to be from those sources are, of course, likelier to be taken at face value than emails from, say, Leon's House of Tax Prep Bargains or Deductions Are Us. And the quality of prose is better, too, according to X-Force. A lot of mass market fraud is pretty implausible on the face of it, likely to fool the inexperienced and the unwary with come-ons like Agency of U.S. Government is Suspending Your Social Security Number, Or maybe, is here your important tax form? Open attachment now, now, now. That's not what X-Force is observing. Instead, they're seeing fairly well-crafted vectors for trickbot malware, well-designed to steal banking information. Where businesses are targeted, X-Force thinks the goal is likely to be direct theft. Where individuals are targeted, the researchers think, interestingly, that the crook's goal is to use the victims as money mules through whose accounts they can move ill-gotten cash obtained in other theft. So use email skeptically. Don't let the crooks make a money mule out of you. And finally, we send our well wishes for a speedy recovery to Andrew Callett, co-host of the Defensive Security Podcast. Andrew has been facing some unexpected medical issues, and we hope he gets well soon so he can get back behind that mic with co-host Jerry Bell. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. 
your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use. With zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And joining me once again is Rick Howard. He's the Chief Security Officer at Palo Alto Networks. Uh, Rick, it's great to have you back. Um, uh, something that you are quite passionate about is the work that you do with the Cyber Threat Alliance. And we wanted to take some time today to highlight uh, some of the successes you've had there. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Yeah, uh, uh, I want to take a moment and just kind of punch out the highlight reel because it is an important thing. And, and thanks for giving me the time to do that. And for those that don't know what it is, the Cyber Threat Alliance is an information sharing organization for cybersecurity vendors. Uh, about five years ago, four of us, Palo Alto Networks, Semantic, Fortinet, and Intel McAbee, that's back when Intel and McAbee were the same thing, uh, <laughs> got together and said, you know, every other commercial vertical has an intelligence sharing organization. You know, organizations like the FSISAC for financials, the automotive ISAC, the aviation ISAC, the defense industrial base, and a bunch of others. And members in all those sharing verticals are fierce competitors. Hmm. So why is the security vendor community so unique? that we can't share in order to support our mutual customers? The answer, it's not, right? So we got together to try to figure it out. We realized that all of us have the uh, ability to update our own products with new prevention and detection controls on the fly. And just an example, at Palo Alto Networks, when Unit 42 discovers some new bad guy thing, we can convert that intelligence into multiple prevention controls down the intrusion kill chain and deliver them to our 60,000 customers around the world in about five minutes. Hmm. That is an amazing capability. And all the other security vendors have something similar. Yeah. The point is, uh, with the Alliance, uh, when something new is found and shared, we can deliver prevention controls around the planet for every member in the, in the organization in minutes to hours. This is orchestration at its best, executed by the security vendor community automatically so that our mutual customers don't have to manually deploy their provincial controls themselves. So this is so, a true community effort. 
It really is. And uh, it was a, it was a weird idea at the beginning, but more and more people are more security vendors are coming online and understanding what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've had new members added every year. And two years ago, the Cyber Threat Alliance became a nonprofit and we got Michael Daniel. He was President Obama's former cyber czar to be the president of the company. The original four security vendors plus Cisco and Checkpoint became uh, the board members to it. And so we were off and running. Now, this past year, 2018, we added seven additional members to bring the total to 21. Hmm. And the other thing is they're not all uh, U.S.-based. Hmm. We have Radware from Israel, NEC from Japan. Hmm. We're sharing about 75,000 indicators of compromise a day between members, and we are moving closer to sharing complete adversary playbooks. This is the idea of a sticks package that contains miners' attack techniques and all the associated indicators of compromise for very specific adversaries. Hmm. So that's fantastic. The other great success story in 2018, uh, it it just kind of happened organically, is that the members' willingness to share their independent research before going public. You know, all of us write blogs and, you know, announce really interesting things so that that you can talk about it. So uh, this happened for the first time uh, this year with Cisco when they released, they were getting ready to release their research on the VPN filter problem. This is a, an attack against a bunch of home routers in the world. Right. So Cisco got us all in a room and gave us the update uh, to their research a couple of days before they went public. We all went back and updated our products. And when Cisco finally published their research paper, all of us had protections in place before the world found out about it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So fantastic, right? So and since then, uh, the Cyber Threat Alliance members have executed some twenty other early sharing efforts from all the members, you know, whenever we come up with something interesting to talk about. So, 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 so help me understand here. So, so it makes sure that everybody's ready with the defenses deployed when a public announcement is made. But I suppose there's also a certain element of, of uh, peer review there as well. Uh, peer, yeah, and then we can always add on to say, hey, did you think about this? Did you get that right? right. Um, you know, so, yeah, it's a kind of a check. And these are the smartest cybersecurity intelligence people on the planet, mm-hmm. all sharing threat intelligence to the other to make sure that the story is correct. I mean, it's a fantastic uh, mechanism, and that just kind of grew out organically. So we're pretty happy about that. Yeah, terrific. Uh, so that's the highlight reel. Okay, the bottom line to all your listeners is this. Please tell your vendors to join. Tell them to call me, and we'll get them hooked up. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Well, as always, uh, Rick Howard, thanks for joining us. Thanks for the update. Thank you, sir. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. And for professionals and cybersecurity leaders who want to stay abreast of this rapidly evolving field, sign up for Cyberwire Pro. It'll save you time and keep you informed. 
Listen for us on your Alexa smart speaker, too. The CyberWire podcast is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Tomorrow.